Welcome to the Black Emporium Archive, the source for all your Dragon Age lore needs and probably some questionable gossip and speculation. In this place between words, we'll spill all the secrets of Thedas and beyond. Uh, to be honest, Xenon would not be happy to know I'm giving this stuff away for free, but it doesn't pay me enough to keep me silent. To be perfectly honest. He doesn't pay me at all. So make yourself at home and do not antagonize Chauncey the tiny bear. He may be small, but in Ips. Mother of the Chantry, warrior, prophetess, princess, martyr. Andraste was all these things and more. But who was she really? And where did she come from? What do we know about the woman who is probably the most important and central figure in the history of Thedas? Let's dive into the archives and find out everything we can about Andraste, Bride of the Maker. Here now, Andraste, daughter of Brona, spear maid of Alamar, to valiant hearts sing, of victory waiting yet to be claimed from the steel-bond forgers of Baron Tevin. The seven Magister Sidereals had been cast down and turned into Darkspawn, defeated by the Archon of the Tevinter Imperium, but not destroyed. The only thing they had managed to retrieve from the Black City was a curse that would affect Thedas for literal ages to come. Many years later, in a world left alone by its maker and plagued by the blight, a woman rose to greatness and became a hero and the prophet for the religion of the Chantry. There are numerous theories about Andraste, about who she was, how she lived, and some of those even say that she never existed at all. But according to Chantry records and what is considered the official history of Thedas, she was born in Denerim in the year minus 203 ancient or 992 of the Tevinter Empire. The same year the archdemon Dumat was slain on the silent plains and the first blight ended. This could be a coincidence, sure, but we'll talk about this kind of stuff later on. As far as we know, Andraste was a human born in an Alamari tribe from Brona, a Syrian woman, and her husband, Eldarath, an Alamari tribe leader. The Syrian were an ancient tribe that lived in what now is Orlay, and are considered the tribal ancestors of modern Orlegians, while the Alamari were one of the earliest human tribes settled in southeastern Thedas and considered the ancestors of the Ferelden people. Denerim was, back then, just a fishing village and both the Syrian and the Alamari tribes were quite prosperous and widespread in the territory. The place of birth of Andraste is as highly contested as its date, but it is in Denerim that tradition places the beginning of her story and a birthrock is in place in the palace district, supposedly marking the place where Andraste was born and it is, of course, a site for pilgrimages and prayer. Andraste had a half-sister, 
she was the daughter of Eldarath and another woman who was his advisor in matters of alchemy. And we know very little about this sister who was called Halizer, but she played an important role in this story because she died in mysterious, violent circumstances. We know that Andraste was present and that she witnessed the sister's death. And we know that whatever happened left Andraste weak, sick in body and in mind, with lung problems and others affecting her ability to bear children for a while. But more than that, it's from that moment that we have the first signs of Andraste starting to hear voices, experiencing periods of a trance-like state that left her with the impression of having heard sounds and strange echoes like lost memories. It is important to notice that before Andraste, the concept of a deity called the Maker was not something that existed in Tedas. The Alamari tribes followed the traditional worship of their gods of wind and mountains, similar to the ones the Ava still believe in nowadays. And in the rest of the world, there were different cults and religions, some of them more organized than others. From an early age, though, Andrastes started to have dreams, to hear whispers. She used to pray to the Alamari gods, but she could not get any answers. And finally, she started to believe that the presence she could actually feel was that of the one God who had made and then abandoned the word, the maker of all, who had chosen her as his conduit. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Andraste was still very young when she married Maferath, 16, he was another chieftain that hoped to cement a powerful alliance and create a unified Alamari border. Due to the illness that followed her sister's death, the mysterious illness we talked about before, Andraste was too weak to have children and she adopted the three sons that Maferath had with his concubine, Isurath, Environ and Verald who will remain the only male children of Andraste since she would eventually bear two daughters to Maferat, Ebris and Vivial. After a short period of relative peace, during a Tevinter raid, Andraste's father was killed and she was captured and enslaved by the Imperium. This was actually the pivotal moment that allowed Andraste to become much more than she was before. From wife of a respected leader and daughter of a chieftain, she became a symbol of devotion and people started to rally behind her against the Imperium. Maferath negotiated her release from Tevinter not only because she was his wife, but also because the Alamari people were mostly loyal to Elderath, Andras's father, and would not follow Maferath unless he succeeded in having Eldrath's daughter released. It is then that Andraste starts to become a political and military leader, and also then that her role as a religious figure truly takes root. In the Chant of Light, it's said that Andraste would pray to the Alamari gods, but her prayers would remain unanswered, and so she started to sing. Until one day, the Maker, enchanted by her voice, 
finally broke his silence and invited her to join him at his side. Andraste, though, would not abandon her people and asked him to return to the world he created and to forgive his children, promising that she would make her fellow Alamari and all the others accept the truth of the Maker and his rule as the one true God of Thedas. The Maker listened to Andraste's plea and reluctantly agreed to give man another chance. Andraste went back to Maferath and told him what the Maker had revealed to her and together they rallied the Alamari against the Imperium with their newfound god at their back. So Andraste began her pushback against the Imperium, declaring in minus 180 ancient the first exalted march. The Imperium still believed in the old gods and still worshipped them, and while greatly weakened by the first blight, they were still a powerful and widespread nation, but numerous slave uprisings started and the forces of nature itself seemed to be revolting against Tevinter, with draft, wildfires, landslides, and these phenomena were probably a backlash from the blight itself, but at the time they started to be seen as miracles performed by Andraste herself, giving her growing aura of supernatural and divine fame more power and support. On the other hand, the Imperium was not getting any support or aid from the old gods, nor from their priests, and the war seemed to turn on the losing side for them. The ranks of Andraste's followers grew until they were a vast tide, washing over the Imperium and everywhere it touched, it brought the word of the Maker, together with battle and freedom from slavery. People followed Andraste, people loved Andraste, and Maferath started to feel little left out. At this moment, during the exalted march, the elven general and former slave himself, Shartan, joined forces with Andraste and Maferat, and together they fought at the Battle of Valarian Fields in 171 Ancient. Shartan was born in captivity a slave of the Imperium, but he grew up to become a rebel and successfully leading a number of uprisings in various Deventer cities, until the rebellion became a proper army, a force to rival the Deventer legions. It is possible that the figure of Shartan, just like many others in this story, never truly existed as one person, but that it was instead many different rebel leaders remembered under one name by history. The story says, though, that Shartan met Andraste in the aftermath of a battle and that they negotiated an alliance as equals, with the goal of freeing every slave from Tevinter dominion. The Battle of Valerian Fields was the culmination of the Exalted March. Andraste's armies defeated the Tevinter forces, but not without difficulties. They had entered the heart of the Tevinter Imperium 
and the battle proved to be long and bloody. Shatan rescued Andraste herself during the fight, and she named him her champion, even giving him her mother's sword, which Shartan then renamed Glandivalis. The armies of Andraste moved to march into the heart of the Imperium and towards Minrathos, the capital of Tevinter, but betrayal awaited the bride of the Maker at the hand of the more mortal of her two husbands. Matharath had started to think that they had overextended themselves, that the victory at Valarian Fields was nothing short of a miracle and that it was not possible for the Andrastian forces to win the war against the Imperium. Some say Mafereth had grown tired to be second in the eyes of the Maker, some say it was jealousy that made him betray Andraste, some say it was political calculation and some say it was greed. Whatever the true reason, in 170 ancient, Mafereth conspired with Archon Hesarian, the leader of the Tevinter Imperium, and allowed a force of Tevinter spies to enter the stronghold of Nevara and take Andraste. The Archon, in return, let Mafarath keep all the lands the army had liberated from the Imperium and left him to reign over them. Mafarath divided the lands between his three sons and went back to rule over Ferelden. But eventually, when Archon Hassarian publicly revealed his betrayal, Mafarath was killed by his own sons. He is remembered as the betrayer and pretty much despised universally for what he did. Andraste was captured then. The army was stopped and all her supporters could do nothing to save her and they tried. She was brought to Mindrathus, where the Archon originally wanted her put to death quickly and without much ceremony but it was apparently Lady Vasilia, wife of the Archon, who encouraged him to make it a public execution and a ruthless spectacle. Andraste was burned at the stake in the central square of Minrathos, with a crowd filled with enemies, but also with people who were already converted to the cult of the Maker, thanks to her. She was meant to be an example to all those who dared defy the Imperium, with a painful and horrifying death in front of all that could witness. But Andraste showed no distress, no pain, no fear, and faced her death boldly and with serene acceptance. It is said that the end of Andraste touched Asarian so deeply that he opened his heart to the Maker as he spoke to him, and in her final moments he was moved to compassion and put a sword through her heart to end her suffering, that same blade that went on being known as the Blade of Mercy. Even in death, Andraste was able to conquer Tevinter at last, making a breach in the heart of its Archon, who would later convert to the Chant of Light and declare Andrastianism the official religion of the Imperium. He got to basically become the leader of a religion he contributed to found by killing its own prophet. The Chantry says that the Maker wept for his beloved, cursed Mafarath, 
cursed mankind for their betrayal and turned once again from creation, taking only Andraste with him. And Our Lady sits still at his side, where she still urges him to take pity on his children. After her death, the ashes of Andraste were gathered and saved by a group of followers who called themselves disciples of Andraste and brought into a secluded location into the Frostpark Mountains, where a temple was built around it. The Temple of Sacred Ashes remained the final resting place of Andraste for centuries, and even according to the Chantry, its existence became nothing more than a myth. The story of Andraste as a political and military leader is full of different theories and small incongruences, and her path from tribal princess to religious icon is even more riddled with divergent versions. What is literally gospel or chant? See what they did there? For one faction is heresy for the other, and vice versa. Sure thing is that there are some intriguing theories about Andraste and her relationship with the Maker. For example, it seems quite suspicious that she was born to the world the same year the first blight ended. We know that the end of a blight is brought by the slaying of the archdemon who caused it in the first place, and that the old soul that the archdemon had inside has to go somewhere. That's why the Grey Wardens are important. This is the reason why a Grey Warden is needed to truly end a blight, to stop the old soul from taking refuge in another body. If this is true, then it seems like a very fortuitous coincidence that a woman with powers to influence natural phenomena and who could hear whispers and echoes from beyond and even talk to a god who seemed to listen to no one else was born exactly when one old soul was freshly vacated from Dumat, the archdemon. Was Andraste the receptacle for Dumat then? Were the whispers and memories the voice of the Maker itself truly the voice of an old god, or more than one? And with these questions, more theories come to mind. One for all seems very plausible and interesting. Was Andraste a mage? What happened when her sister died? Was the incident that caused her death and that left Andraste weak and distressed for years actually the awakening of Andraste's magical connection to the Fade? Was the sister herself a mage? And we know her mother was an alchemist, and we also know that magical talent and predisposition sometimes does in fact run in the blood. And was she unwittingly the cause of the incident from which only Andraste emerged alive? Were the voices that Andraste heard actually spirits and whispers from the Fade? And since we're going there, could the Maker be just another spirit, enthralled with Andraste's presence and power and called to her through the Fade? 
some point out the resemblance between Andraste's story and the story of Flemeth. And with that connection in place, even if Flemeth, yes, was born many, many years after Andraste, what if, what, what if Andraste was, in fact, Mythol? And what if the one beyond the echoes and the whispers was none other but Fenharel? The truth is that we will never know for certain, but we may find out more, enough to put the pieces of the puzzle together and form a bigger picture. One that will probably have more questions than answers. The stone golem at the entrance would like me to tell you that the music for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The voices are all mine, and so are all the mistakes, unfortunately. Thank you for visiting the Black Emporium archives. I will have a word or two with my assistant. Close the door on your way out, would you? And mind Chauncey!